The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Tyler Sullivan. And today we are talking NFL win totals for the NFC teams next season. Make sure you stay locked with us all week long for more offseason news. And remember to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. And for everyone listening to audio only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Did did we give have we done final four picks yet on this show? Have we discussed what we're doing on Saturday? Um, no. I don't think we I have. Had another random, I, think we I had did. another random conversation starter. I was going to start with, but I, like, this is a better one. Um, the uh, I I have San Diego State outright from November, so I'm pretty big on the Aztecs. November. From November, yeah, November twenty third. I, I like. Well, I want them to win because I have a friend that's a coach, but I'm on the under in that game because SDSU's defense is. So I've been under, I think they've been under like 12, the 12 straight games or something like that. And um, yeah. I actually, I think I pointed this out. I'm the foremost um, uh, East Coast San Diego State fan in, in the entire world. Oh, yes. yes. And it has nothing to do with the Chargers or Phillip Rivers. No, it doesn't actually. It's weird. I know. Actually, an upset that has nothing to do with Phillip Rivers. Like, I it feel really like is. you should have made some sort of connection. Well, there. I think that there's a good chance that I did started doing radio with Darren Smith. I'll have to check with Darren and confirm this that I started doing radio with him because of my persistent commentary about the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. Mm. So it's okay. possible that there is like a tangential, con- tangential, tangential connection. I never say that word right. Yeah. Do you guys have a word you can't ever spell correctly? Mine is rhythm. I cannot Mine is receipt for some reason and license. Oh, yeah. I always mix up the C and the S in license. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, there's a, a couple of words that like like a uh, tangential I can't say and um, oh gosh what, what is, is the word uh, say it again say it again 
Tyron Matthew. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I don't even know what connection. I don't even know the word that you said. It's like a loose, I mean. loose like back in connection. The, the question I was going to ask Sully, and this didn't apply to you, Kelly Mox, but um, I was I was uh, unless you can grow a beard. Uh, what do you do you? What a rude question. Uh, when when do you when do you do you decide to trim your beard based on uh, appearance or like feel? For instance, I just took a big sip of water, and that water. Uh, hung around my my mustache, and I decided I realized I need to trim my beard now. Like well, that's how, like it was like it was like it's like still wet. Which is yeah, just, that 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 I, that is more just like the main beard that like if it's getting a little puffy on certain sides, then you kind of trim it up and clean it up. But actually, like shaving, you kind of got to get like the neck beard away because that stuff itches, and I just can't handle it. My my beard actually, my neck beard actually has a, its own beard. I can grow a, a beard of my beard has a beard. That's interesting. Disgusting. It's really how do you how do y'all take care of your beers? Because I used to I was a former fashion and beauty publicist, and we actually had a men's grooming brand called uh, Baxter of California. And I was surprised to hear there's beard oils, there's conditioning treatments. Do y'all just do you actually take care of your beards, or do they just live on your face? They just hang just out. This, that's a, that's a sign of a good beard too, like an elite beard when it just hangs out. And you can like because yeah, I, I, I have had people um, accuse me. Of oh. using PEDs on the beard, which frankly is quite <laughs> insulting. Wow, um, that was wrong with it. Integrity. What would what would be a beard PED? Like dye, like color it. Like this is all natural. Oh, despite my okay. despite my um, extensive time on this planet Earth, this is all, an all natural. Uh, oh, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, I, I I'm not afraid to admit it. I got a little white in there. I got like orange. I got a hodgepodge. Oh, especially. I like yeah, that. I'm just, I'm just like if it goes white, if it goes gray, like whatever, it goes gray. Like I'll, you know, it's, it's, especially when the summertime comes around, I got like the Ron Weasley beard going on. It's it's pretty wild. <laughs> I'm actually uh, thinking about introducing on the market uh, called Gray for Men, just for Gray for Men, where you actually add gray to a beard, so people will stop accusing you of of dyeing your beard. That, like, um, anyway, peppery look. There you go. Yeah, a little salt and pepper look. That's right. There uh, are- there are men that dye their hair gray to look more sophisticated in jobs like like real estate in New York City. Younger really? guys will dye their hair gray because you feel better buying a multi-million dollar apartment from someone with gray hair rather than a kid. That is that is some galaxy brain stuff right there. So I mean. the last time I was in New York, um, somebody asked me if I was a, uh, a finance bro. Like out of nowhere. Well, uh, I, not, you no, no, look, not because you're you, like, oh, this guy's like big, like, well, no, no, not that. It's No, I know I, the difference between finance and finance, bro. And I will say you do look slightly finance, bro, but like a North Carolina version of a finance, bro, not like a Wall Street. But finance bros apparently all wear like polos or button ups and vest. The vest is the finance bro thing. And like, I just wear a vest. But what I, what I found, what I, I Posited to the people that asked me if I was a finance. I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm a finance bro?" It's like I talk about football and like. Two, two, you're not, you're not rocking the Patagonia, right? No, I was. No, I was rocking like a. Uh, but, but, but the point being is like the finance bros stole it from us, stole it from me, like my crew, like because um, we all wore it, and like all the dudes who went to, you know, went to like uh, whatever business school, you know, and then went to Charlotte and, and started working in the banks and then moved up to, or, you know, they all went to business school, got the vest look and took it to New York. So it's not, it's not like I'm a finance bro. They're stealing my look. They're appropriating uh, you are the, your, you are your, the your culture. Anyway. All right. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm derailing this in a in horrific fashion, <laughs> okay. but I do enjoy our, I do enjoy our banter. 
I do enjoy our banter as well. Let's get into our first promo of the day. Saturday in CBS, the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship Road to the Final Four reaches its final destination in Houston. Coverage of the semifinal games begin at 3 Eastern with the At the Final Four and the Final Four show all leading up to tip off at 6 when Florida Atlantic faces San Diego State, followed by Miami clashing with UConn, the NCAA Men's Final Four National Semifinals Saturday on CBS. All right, guys, let's talk win totals. I see uh, James Gonzalez in the chat. has got some jokes. He says Katie goes SF 17-0. Maybe, but we're not starting with them quite yet. We're looking at the NFC South first. You got the Bucks at six and a half. Like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. They're tied with the Colts for the lowest win total. They went eight and nine last year. But they are playing a first-place schedule because they did win the NFC South last year. I have a hard time going over on this one. Brinson, what do you think? So I did um, all the win totals for, I think it's on YouTube shorts. You can check it out. Um, it's If you're subscribed, check out the shorts section or um, maybe it's on Instagram. I don't, I don't know exactly. I did, anyway, I did. I ripped through the win totals. And <laughs> they exist. I have these, yeah, <laughs> I, I do know that I did them. <laughs> uh, and actually, so I did a best bet for each division. And the Bucks okay. under six and a half was my best bet for this division. I mean, yeah, I, I think you know you could you could ask a lot of questions about what Carolina will have uh, at quarterback, whether they go. And I saw a report. I think David Newton of ESPN reported, it, and I, I would guess that uh, you know Joe Person of the Athletic and the Charlotte Observer had this. Too. I'm just assuming that this is something that the Panthers are kind of putting out there that they are. Uh, they are picking between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, right? So, in other words, we're not going to be dealing with. Like we we know that the Panthers are going to have a quarterback that, or we, we think that they're going to have a quarterback who is prepared to start day one to be an impact guy, and so I think that elevates Carolina a little bit in this division. I like what Atlanta's done this off season. You know, definitely have questions about the Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, twenty million dollar yeah. backup, uh, but I think that Atlanta has gotten appreciably uh, better. And then the Saints added Derek Carr, and clearly are the the class of division right now. The Bucks, maybe more than anything, even though I like Baker, they they have no, their offensive line is in tatters, Sully, and like that's the biggest concern for me. Is even though you add Baker Mayfield, you still have this offensive line that is a real problem. Um, I I have major concerns about Todd Bowles without Tom Brady, without Bruce Arians, now without Byron Leftwich. Like I think there's a lot of transition going on with this team that is sort of in a spot where maybe they're even saying. We are paying the price for that 2020 Super Bowl and trying to win another Super, another you know, trying to win one the last two years. And this is just sort of a you know, you, you know, it's like when you get stuck on the Nintendo game and you press the reset button. That's kind of where they are. I think this team is is live to have the first overall pick next year. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. I think this is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL because of all the things that you just said. The offensive line, the quarterback, complete, you know, free fall going from Tom Brady, who is basically your offensive coordinator, now down to a new OC, Baker Mayfield. And I don't think that this team's done yet. I, I said this before, and I think we've talked about it, that I do think the Buccaneers do need to look themselves in the mirror a little bit. And I wonder if we get to the draft and they get offers for guys like Mike Evans or maybe even Chris Godwin or other pieces to that Super Bowl core. And are you better served to get assets for those guys now and kind of continue this retool in what would be considered a down year in 2023? It is worth pointing out, though, that the entire NFC South is playing one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. It just so happens that the Buccaneers, like you were saying, Katie, they are playing a first-place schedule, which means you have the likes of San Francisco, Buffalo, 
Philadelphia on your schedule. So there's really yeah. no gimmies here when you're talking about those outside of the division. So to me, yes, I'm going to go under here. I don't think this is going to be a particularly good football team. Yeah, the NFC South is the worst division, I believe, right now in football. Someone in the comments said, too, it's the hardest one to predict. Uh, Captain Spock said that. Okay, if we look at the Saints here, they're the highest win total in the division at nine and a half. They went seven and nine in back-to-back seasons. Of course, Brinson, you hit on this. Derek Carr coming in at quarterback. Is it conceivable that they'll get 10-plus wins when, realistically, if you look at this, you only need nine wins to win the division, it looks like. I think you want to get it with eight, maybe seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think that this is by far and away the best, most complete roster in the division. Uh, when you look at, you know, you, you have to have the quarterback, of course. They did add Derek Carr. And I think, you know, we talked about this when Carr went to, so I think Sully and I did, I can't remember if you did the emergency, I can't remember if we did an emergency, we did an emergency pod, maybe. We're pointing out that, like, this is a good fit for Derek Carr because look at who you're playing. And we're not talking about, like, class of opponent. The Panthers are the furthest geographically north team in this division, and they live in Charlotte, where, as we just pointed out right now, it's like 65 and sunny. They play uh, indoors. The, you know, the Falcons are indoors. You just have a lot of games with good weather. Derek Carr has traditionally not been very good at bad weather. So I think he'll be successful with this team. Pete Carmichael is mm-hmm. your OC. is a good setup. Um, you know, you look around, you look up and down the, the roster, and they got uh, our boy. Tyron Mathieu. Still there, of course. I <laughs> You know, it, it, like I, I think they can be good, really good on defense. Dennis Allen's a good defensive coach, and I think if everything clicks and that offensive line is healthy, and Derek Carr gets on the same page, and Michael Thomas is healthy, Michael Thomas is healthy, and get on the same page with him and Chris Olave, this is a team that should win the division and is rightfully favored. Now, having said all that, it's I, I want to ca- caveat this with it's March the thirtieth right now when we're recording this. Yeah, if I don't believe in a team, like you're gonna in, in March, you're gonna have to really, 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 really like impress me for me to take an over double digit win totals, even with the 17 game schedule, just because this division, this is not going to be an easy division to win. The Panthers and Falcons and Bucks will be competitive in these games. And um, I just don't know that I want to go with 10 wins this early in the off season. If it were August, I would probably, I would consider over right now. I'm going to lean under. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, again, this is take it with a grain of salt because where we are in this in the calendar, if we're getting closer to the season, there's a little bit of a clearer picture as to what this division is going to look like. But I will say this could be a 10 win team just by the way that their schedule is constructed. I mean, you look at their opponents this year right now in terms of strength of schedule. It's the second easiest schedule in the NFL. The only team that has an easier schedule next year in terms of that. And that statistic is the Atlanta Falcons. So you look at, especially their away games, it's not that difficult. You obviously have your division, which is Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. You go to Lambeau with the Aaron Rodgers list Packers. You go to Houston. You go to Indianapolis. You go to L.A. to face the Rams, which we have no idea what they're going to look like. And then Minnesota or New England. Those None of those teams particularly scare me too much. So going on the road, I actually think they'll have a pretty good road schedule this year. You talk about those games at home. I mean, the Giants could be better. Tennessee, I guess you never know with Mike Rabel. They could always pull out a win. Detroit is another one. You play Chicago. I, I still think that this team could pile up some wins. Now, they could be this year's version of the Minnesota Vikings where it's kind of like fool's gold because they have these so many wins and they're – their schedule wasn't that great, but who cares? We're trying to cash money here, and I think this could be a double-digit win team just by the way their schedule's laid out. Yeah, yeah. And I, just to, just to point out, like when I say I don't want to take the double-digit wins yeah. in in March, I don't mean like I don't want to I like refuse to pick a team to win double digits. It's just if you're going to be betting on win totals, yeah. and you bet on an over that is double digits in March, 
you are going to have to navigate through a whole lot of circumstances between now and the start of the season. And it's unlikely that the Saints are going to jump up to 10 and a half. We, you know, this division, we sort of know where roughly where everybody's going to, like, this should stay fairly stagnant. So I'm just saying, like, don't, it's, it's just, it's just bad. It's just bad, bad math, bad business to bet, uh, you know, over nine and a half in, in March and like Derek Carr gets hurt, you know, in training camp. Exactly right. And the other thing kind of going off of that, Will, is we still don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamari. He has off-the-field issues yeah. that could put yep. him in a you know, possible suspension from the NFL. So that could be a factor here as well. Obviously, it's not like missing a quarterback as, as opposed to missing a running back. But still, huge piece to that offense. So that's another reason why you might want to wait this one out a little bit. Yeah, they definitely could. If everything goes right, they could be an 11 possibly win team, but to your guys' point, it's too early to tell on them. If we look at the Panthers, theirs is at seven and a half. Now they finished last year, seven and 10. So we're only talking about one more win here. They had a revolving door at quarterback, obviously ended the year with Sam Darnold, who's now um, with the 49ers. Now they're interesting because they now have the first overall pick. So a lot of this has to do with quarterback. I actually can see them getting eight wins. I would give them the over on this one. I'm right there with you, Katie. And I'll tell you, the biggest reason for me is not even, like, I prefer Bryce Young to, to CJ Shroud. I think both guys will be, here's here's the reason I'm taking the Panthers over. Frank Reich. He is that big an upgrade over Matt Rule. And I like I really think that um, people are sleeping on what a job he did at Indianapolis. You know, he went 40-33-1 and one in his five seasons there, 10-6 and six, uh, with Andrew Luck. Seven and nine when Andrew Luck retired, like on a Saturday, like like two weeks before the season, which is just ridiculous. Eleven and five the next year with Philip Rivers. Nine and eight with Carson Wentz should have made the playoffs. And three five and one with Matt Ryan on a team where he was blatantly just fired just so Jim Arce could try to squeeze Jeff Jeff Saturday into that into that job. So I think. He's going to be the best coach Carolina's had in a long – no offense to Ron Rivera, I guess. It's just a massive upgrade at the coaching spot. And I think you look at the coaching staff he brought in and sort of the developmental guys they have across the board. I, I think Carolina probably be my bet to win the division right now, and I, I think the overs are very good look here. Well, kind of to that point, Will, I, I do think it's kind of interesting. We're looking at New Orleans saying that, oh, my goodness, they bring in Derek Carr. By way of that division, he's the best quarterback that that has to offer. It's a huge upgrade. It's a huge advantage. I kind of feel that same way about Frank Reich. I feel like adding him into that division, as good as he is, is a leg up over Dennis Allen, Arthur Smith to a degree, and certainly Todd Bowles. I think he's the best head coach in that division, which should give them a leg up here. I've gone back and forth about how I feel about Carolina's offseason in terms of what they've done in free agency. I do like the move to go up to the number one overall pick as opposed to trying a retread quarterback. I just I like doing that home run swing a little bit more. But I've gone back and forth on the... Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders combination, but I do feel I do feel like it might work. Those guys are over the middle, get open possession receivers, a solid running back. That's kind of exactly what you want for a rookie quarterback, right? Yeah, and I think like Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen are just solid. Yeah, you know, and and you think about Frank Reich's offense, he's going to want to run the ball. I mean, Miles Sanders could, you know, he he worked with Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. I'm fairly, yeah, I'm 99 sure. I had to be right, yeah. Yeah, surely they crossed over. If not, nobody looked that up. Um, (laughs) But, um, I mean, like, I just think, like, also the the offensive line, surprisingly, like, continuity across the board, which is really, really rare for this this franchise specifically and and hard to do in in, in the NFL in general. So I think the pieces that they have are – I always talk about the Bills and how they – 
built around and then drop Josh Allen in. I feel like Carolina, what Carolina has, if the offensive line takes a step under this new coaching staff um, and those solid veteran pieces in, in the receiving game, they sort of built a good spot to drop a quarterback who's ready to play from day one. Wow, I'm, I'm yeah. like crazy bullish on the Panthers. Somebody should clip that and send it to Carolina. Got mad at me last year. <laughs> yeah, I get back on their uh, good graces. Okay, let's look at Atlanta. Seven and a half wins. They went seven and ten last year. They've actually managed to get seven wins in the last two seasons. I believe that they're well coached with Arthur Smith. He's just really lacked talent. I do think they've improved their roster, particularly on defense. The quarterback is an interesting scenario. They seem to be all in on Desmond Ritter, which I'm not so sure about, but they do have those great offensive weapons with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, uh, Cordell Patterson. So I am tempted to go over for the Falcons. I'm on, I'm on the over too, and I'm not 100% sure like that I I love it. It feels like well, kind of yeah. crazy. To go under. No, no, I'm just saying like, I, I like what the Falcons have done this offseason. I think that they are building steadily. And, I, you know, it's interesting because I think there's a chance that Arthur Blank is just going to let Arthur Smith have kind of a long runway here. We saw him do it with Mike Smith, Thomas Dimitrov. Um, I feel like he, he's just not a guy who fires people really quickly. And I think that, you know, Terry Fontenot's gotten some – or Fontenot's gotten some really good reviews, and I think his personnel moves have been pretty good. Um, very curious to see what they do with that first pick, though. Like – I mean, if the quarterback's there, do you do you take him? Because I mean, the, the that's really the the ultimate question is is Ritter and Taylor Heineke and Logan Whiteside enough to get you to a five hundred record? I would be I wouldn't want to bet this, but I would take the over if, if we're, since we're picking them all. Yeah, I, I think that we kind of have to wait and see on this one, just because we don't know what's going to happen at quarterback, whether it's the NFL draft or. And I know that Arthur Smith has kind of poured cold water on this, like every team in the NFL. But the Lamar Jackson shoe is yet to drop. We have no idea what's going to happen with him. If all of a sudden things change and Lamar Jackson finds himself in Atlanta, well, then, okay, you're feeling really good about seven and a half. In fact, it's it's going way up, and it's probably shaking that whole division upside down. So that you kind of wait and see. But right now, as it's, as it's constituted, I kind of go under here. I don't really get the hype with Atlanta, and specifically because of the quarterback situation. Yeah, okay, they've made some improvements on defense. But, okay, they're going to prevent a few teams from scoring, but probably still have to get into the 20s. And right now, I don't know if Desmond Ritter and or Taylor Heineke can get my team into the low 20s to make them competitive. So right now, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit uh, less excited about the Atlanta Falcons than I think most. Yeah. Even though they have the easiest schedule in the NFL, I will say that, or strength of schedule in the NFL. That's that's worth pointing out. Absolutely. All right. We are going to take a quick break here. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast, and we'll be right back. To the ones who said we couldn't, that our dreams were too big. We had to think big, really change things. We carry fire in our hearts. So don't doubt us. And don't stand in our way. We are your leaders, your allies, your sisters. All voices belong. And we are phenomenal. Anything is possible. Women who move mountains. Explore the collection on Paramount+. Plus. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Pod. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Tyler Sullivan, and we are talking NFL win totals for the NFC. If you are not following us on social, go ahead and do that at Pick 6 Pod on all social media platforms. Moving on to the NFC East, formerly the NFC Least, and last year turned into the NFC Beast. Waiting for Billy to chime in on this one. With the Giants, their win total 8.5. They went 9-7 and seven last year. It's interesting to me that books either think they're going to be the same or worse, considering you got Dable, who was amazing last year. You paid Daniel Jones. It seems like they've made a lot of good decisions. I don't I don't know why this line is set at eight and a half. What do you think, Brinson? Um, by the way, Billy's like the reverse Beetlejuice. You just have to say his name once and he shows up. Like Billy and he pops in. Somebody say Eagles. Um I had the Giants over as my best bet. I don't I don't, I'm with you, Katie. I don't like, what is, what is this? Why, why do they? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Just making sure I'm not crazy. No, I mean, it feels like this should be a, like, I mean, I guess, I guess the problem is like you have the Cowboys who are, you know, a a, a team that one is, has been pretty good under Mike McCarthy, even as long as, um, you know, as long as Dak Prescott's healthy Two, the public loves to bet on those Cowboys. So you're going to have that number. You're not going to see that number under nine. Yeah, exactly. The Eagles are coming off a run to the Super Bowl and they got kind of a low number at 10 and a half given 17 game schedule. And then the commanders kind of lurking there. So I think, like I agree with you that this should be a bigger number, but I understand kind of like maybe why it's eight and a half. I mean, like you know the Giants have been pretty bad for a while. If they go out and like knock out another playoff season back to back, I mean Brian Dable is you know is going to be getting. You know, just I don't know what kind of buzz he'd get to like like another job. I mean he's just clearly happy in New yeah. York. Um, but I think I think I think the thing about Daniel Jones. Are, are people expecting him? Like he got paid, now he's going to suck. What, what if he just gets better in the second year with Brian Dable's system and they get better weapons yes. and the offensive line takes a step forward? Like yes. to me, yeah. Like I think this is a no-brainer. It's my best bet over here in this division. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain maybe why it's a little bit off. I do think that unlike last year, when this entire division basically was kind of like the NFC South this year, just all of them were at the bottom in terms of the strength of schedule, a lot of easy opponents. This year it's flipped. You're playing the AFC East, Buffalo, Miami, New York, if they get Aaron Rodgers, are going to be difficult. You play the NFC West, which, Katie, you know is a tough division with San Francisco. You never know if Los Angeles, the Rams, turn back into that Super Bowl contender with a healthy team. So maybe that's why Seattle and Arizona's off to the other side. But those are, I guess, more difficult opponents. So that might be why this number is a little bit lower. But overall, I do agree with you guys. Like, the the Giants have only gotten better, right? Another year with Daniel Jones in Brian Dayball's system. You go out and trade for Darren Waller to give them another receiving weapon. You're going to retool it even more at the NFL draft. I like what they've done so far. So I'll, I'll definitely go with the over here with the Giants. All right, moving on to Dem Boys, Cowboys, nine and a half. They've gone back-to-back seasons with 12 wins. 
but they always have the most lofty preseason goals, but they, they do well in terms of winning games. It's the postseason where they fall apart. So I am tempted to say that they will get at least 10 wins for the third straight year. Yeah, I'm going to go under on this one. And um, like, I don't want to besmirch friend of the podcast and overall just great guy, Brian Schottenheimer, who actually has been on this podcast. He's a great, he really is a great dude. <laughs> um, but I think the idea of bringing in Shotty, who is notorious for running the football, like that's what he wants to do. And Mike McCarthy said, you know, kill him more and won't throw the ball around a bunch. I'm like, I'm telling you, we're going to run the damn ball. That's what we're going to do. Tired of defense being tired. It's like, dude, the defense has been dragging you into the playoffs. Like he was like feeding Zeke Elliott, these low EV carries all like for two straight years. They want to pound the ball. Tony Pollard to the franchise tag. Zeke is gone. Tony Pollard's coming off a major injury. And it's possible that their week one starter could even be Ronald Jones. The offensive line is, I think, retooled enough where it's above average, but it's still not, it's not that elite, you know, unit that, that they've had in the past. And, you know, I love CeeDee Lamb. love Michael Gallup. I think Brandon Cooks is a really nice ad. Um, uh, defensively, Dan Quinn is just biding his time to get a head coaching job. So they're going to be stout again. I just I think I would lean to the under a little bit here. Wouldn't bet it, but I don't I don't want to take the over here. Yeah. I'm worried about this change of offensive philosophy. Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I've loved everything they've done this offseason, particularly on defense, acquire you know, retaining their safety unit, acquiring Stefan Gilmore opposite of Trayvon Diggs. That that defense I'm not worried about at all. I'm worried about the offense and how that's going to look outside of Kellen Moore. And especially when you look at their schedule. I mean, their road schedule this year is going to be particularly difficult you have to go to Miami obviously you're playing within the division you're going to San Francisco to Buffalo to Los Angeles to play the Chargers which you know Moore is going to treat that like the Super Bowl and try to hang 40 on that team so I just think that that road for Dallas is particularly difficult on the road now when you go to home at home it's a little bit easier you know but you're still getting the New York Jets with possibly Aaron Rodgers Detroit Seattle so like that is doable but still not the easiest of roads there so i'll go under here tentatively all right i'm the only one that believes in the cowboys which is not something i would ever think that i would say actually before coming on to this show all right moving on to the eagles and obviously we're gonna get billy to chime in 10 and a half they went 14 and 3 last year billy that's not happening again i think you can probably recognize that 14 and 3 was like an outlier here (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah, I mean, that's definitely the outlier. But I think 11 wins is probably our sweet spot. So I'll definitely hammer the over on that. I mean, we'll get a revenge game like Brunson likes. We'll get a re- revenge game for uh, Rashad Penny against the Seahawks. So we'll probably get a win there. And then, you know, we brought back Boston Scott. And those are two giant – he's a giant killer. So those are two wins right there. And I don't think the Rams are going to be who the Rams are going to be, like who 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 that Super Bowl team that we saw two years ago. So I think 11 wins is, is, a, is a solid shot for us. That's it's a solid sweet spot. And that's us going like 50% in our own division, which I think will go a little bit higher than that. So – we brought back Boston Scott, so that's two wins right there against the Giants. I mean, I, I know he kills the Giants, but man, come on, what is like, what is happening? He's like the TJ McConnell against the Bucks. Yes, thousand percent. Great comp by you. I'm a- and I, I want to say I'm also with Katie as well. I think the Giant. I mean, I think the Cowboys can hit the over. I think that they'll hit about ten oh. wins next year, which is shocking. I know I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm you know it's hard for me to say this, but I do think they they can touch you know ten wins and 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 really you know i mean be in the playoff conversation obviously wild card situation yeah for sure a thousand percent 
So I'm I'm going uh, under on the Eagles, and again, it's not like I don't believe in the Eagles, I, dude. I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, that was last year. Now you're just a yeah, fan. yeah. It's going to be a contentious year, pal. <laughs> Picking somebody else. Uh, now <laughs> the Eagles are popular. Uh, the um, it, it's really more about like ten and a half wins is a lot. You, you got to get to eleven, and you have a first place schedule now. People are going to be gunning for you. You know, Jalen Hurts didn't get to surprise anybody. And you know, I mean, look for, for say what we want. They lost pieces on defense and free agency. I mean, that's they they did like it, like like I mean, factually, they just lost some pieces on defense. They lost both their coordinators, so there's just a lot of turnover there. And I'm not saying that the Eagles will be bad. They could go ten and seven, win the division, and they could easily go eleven and, and six or twelve and five. Yeah. None of those would surprise me. I just think the inflated win total has me in March looking towards the under. I could definitely be talked maybe into the Eagles over once we get a little closer to the season. Yeah, I lean over, but I'm still I still wouldn't bet it for the reasons that Will was saying. Not only is it a difficult schedule when you're looking at strength of schedule, the toughest in the NFL this upcoming season. I will say this though, one thing that Philadelphia has in its pocket is that two of their three toughest games of the season will be at the link. You have Buffalo and San Francisco and in Philly. You have to go to Kansas City, which is, you know, difficult for everybody, but you do have two of your toughest teams at home, which is at least something that gives them a chance to win those games. And they'll well, probably Sully, be favored. Sully, I'm not really worried about that San Francisco game. Like, I'm not worried about, <laughs> worried yeah, about yeah, Trey yeah. Lance. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. I'm not you worried about Nick Bosa. I'm not worried about any of those guys. Those, those people just don't worry me. It doesn't really faze me. We handled those people last year, so we can definitely handle them again. So, Oh, Josh, God, Josh. Billy. Are you, are you one of those that's like, oh, we want you – we didn't have a quarterback. We couldn't run an offense. Like, you didn't – Whatever I could, I could I'll, really go off the rails if we if we go down this. Yes, I'll say I'll say too that you know when you look at the and I know Billy was going to like shrug his shoulder, be like, well, I don't care about the Pythagorean theorem. When uh, you look at the when you look at the points uh, points allowed versus points scored, and you you know you get your total you know your point differential. Uh, point differential can tell us from year to year if somebody outperformed their expectations. Like like and, and it is mm-hmm. it's been proven that this stacks up. Like and it's not that you're going to naturally like. 100% fall back to earth, come back to earth. But for instance, the Eagles expected win loss total was 11.6 at 5.4 and they won 14 games. So they outperformed their expectations in terms of how they played. Like they, they, and that's not, I'm not knocking them to say they're lucky. It's just that there tends to be a little regression there. The division's hard. They had the easiest schedule in football, I believe, last year. And so you got a harder schedule, a little more tape on Jalen Hurts. A little bit of regression. It could easily be a 10-win team. That's why I lean under, but I, I don't I don't want to get in front of the the, the, the over here because I think they're a good football team. I mean, that's why I said 11 wins. I didn't go and say 14 again or, or 15. Yeah. I mean, you know. 11 I, I could see – yeah, I mean, I definitely see you over 10 or at 10, whether it's over 11 or not. I'm not sure. And, yeah, San Francisco will see the Eagles as a revenge game because we definitely want revenge when we have a quarterback, Billy. Um, all right, moving on here to the uh, Washington Commanders. Their season win total is what? I think it's at nine or seven and a seven half. half. They went yeah. eight. Yeah, they went eight and eight last year. Had a slow start um, and then made up for it. They actually beat the Eagles, Billy, if you'll remember that one last year. Um, I think Ron Rivera's done a good job. There's so much going on with like selling the team and what's going on and what we're going to do for a quarterback here that I don't. I don't know. I, I could see them getting eight wins again, but I don't, I'm still hesitant to play that over. Yeah. It's um. I think, I think that this boils down to, do you believe 
that Ron Rivera has correctly identified uh, Sam Howell as a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think there's a really good chance. And, and like, I am, I'm begrudgingly hyping up Sam Howell this offseason. I, you know, he went to Carolina. The last thing I want on planet Earth is a, is a Tar Heel being a good football, a good quarterback in the NFL. Like, I really, really, really don't want that. Like, I, you know, QBU is NC State, folks. Um, but go Tar Heels. It's right there. It's coming. <laughs> Um, so I think Sam Howell is legit. I think Sam Howell is a good, a good player. And I, I think people are like, well, the Washington has not said it, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't let me think of quarterback. You know, I think one, I think Sam Howell is going to play really well. And then there's an interesting factor here with, with Washington too. Um, they are, this team's going to get sold. Ron Rivera yeah. is probably coaching for his job, whether he likes it or not, because when a team is sold and someone paid, when someone pays $6 billion for something, they're going to do what they want with that football team. So if Ron Rivera goes six and or six and 11 or seven and 10, you know, the new ownership is probably going to say, Hey, we're going to go find somebody else. If he goes 12 and five or you know even 10 and seven, you're probably going to keep him around for at least a, almost guaranteed another year. So I think it's, that's, that's very interesting. And the way that they built out this defense, they should be much better than they were to start the season offensively. If you buy into Sam Howell, I think they could be fun. Yeah, Will, and to that point, Rivera even talked about this recently. He was saying that, you know, at some point, whoever buys the team, he's going to have to sit down with them and, and tell them his plan, and if not, he'll be done in a year. So not only is that just a narrative, that's out there, that's in his brain. So he is thinking along those lines. So I guess you are, quote-unquote, like coaching for your job at this point, or at least auditioning to the new owners of this team. I, I'm not as high on Sam Howell as you are, but again, I'll defer to you because you've seen him a little bit more up close and personal, I guess. Like, I mean, you're, you're in the state, so I guess that makes yeah. it a little bit more than <laughs> if, he was, if he was in the backyard of Boston here. But like, I, mean, I mean, I spent I spent the better part of three years being absolutely petrified of him. <laughs> sure. Yeah. My, you know, so, but my thing is, it is a tough schedule. You know, you came in last a year ago, so you think, you okay, you're going to have a last-place schedule. You're going to play a couple of last-place teams. I don't know, one of them's Denver. We think that that team's going to be a lot better, right, with Sean Payton now in the fold. So it's it's not necessarily you're playing these gimme last-place teams. So I do think that it's a it's an overall tough schedule. Then you look at those last-place teams that you're playing. One of them we think is going to be far better in Denver than they were a year ago. So I, I would tend to go under here, but I don't have a great read on it, to be perfectly honest. And by the way, we should point out that the NFC East is cross is playing the AFC East this year too. So yes. that's like when you look at these totals, you know, mm -hmm. you're from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Like that's a big difference in how we should perceive, you know, and like the Bills, the Dolphins. I mean, this is you know, this is, it's a tough it's a tough matchup. All right, let's move on to the NFC North, where the Lions have the highest win total at nine. They went. Then so just one more game do they need to win here? I I actually love this over. I'm very high on the Lions this year. They have upgraded their roster via free agency pretty extensively, especially with their defensive backs. They got CJ Gardner Johnson, Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley. I just love this team. I love the coach. I love their you know their whole ethos. Um, I, I love them to be the kings of the North this year. So I love this over for the for the Lions. You know what I love being a Grinch. The Jaguars uh, and the Lions. Oh, yeah, I'm a Grinch. I'm a, I'm a grouchy uh, Grincherson. Grouchy McGrincherson right here. The Lions yeah. and the Jaguars both have win totals above nine. And, mm -hmm. like, I like both these teams. I was high on the Lions last year. I was high on the Jaguars last year. I love Dan Campbell. Oh. I think Jared Goff is, yeah. is done a tremendous job sort of, you know, retooling his career after flaming out with, with um, you know, with Sean McVay. You have 
delightful weapons on this team. And Amron St. Brown, Jamal Williams. Oh, Jamal Williams is gone now, sorry. But that, that's actually a big deal. DeAndre Swift. Um, Jameson Williams, one of my favorite players coming out of college last year. They traded TJ Hawkinson. But you, you know, Lee McNeil, my dude on defense, they, they got a really high draft picks. Like, There's reason for optimism here with Aaron Rodgers leaving, the, the Vikings yeah. being a one-score fraud, and the Bears really, for as much hype as they're getting, rebuilding. Having said all that, when the Lions have a nine-win total after one good season, I'm taking the under. I'm a Groucherson. I'm sorry. I mean, the only thing I don't love about the Lions is that so many people love it. So I kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah, basically, exactly. Well, yeah. I, I get that, but I look at this division. Green Bay is going to lose Aaron Rodgers. We have no idea what Jordan Love's going to look like. Even the coaching staff of the front office is kind of pumping the brakes on what the expectations should be for Jordan Love. I was preaching all last year that I thought Minnesota was fool's gold. I don't know if there's really anything that's crazy change there. Chicago, I guess maybe we could see a – Jalen Hurts type leap from Justin Fields if they put the right pieces around him. But right now, the most solid team in that division is the Detroit Lions. I like all the moves they've made this offseason. They've tried to improve that secondary. C.J. Garner-Johnson was arguably the biggest steal in free agency. They just brought back Marvin Jones to kind of solidify the depth of their receiving core. The one thing that I do think that could be interesting and throw a wrench into things a little bit is if all of a sudden this team drafts a quarterback and starts to shake Jared Goff's confidence a little bit. Because right now this team's rolling. He was playing great last year. If all of a sudden there's a dude breathing down his back on the sidelines who was a number, uh, I forget what number they have. What is it? Uh, six or something like that? Whatever the Detroit Lions are picking. It's a top 10 pick. Wherever they are, if that dude is, whether it's Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, is sitting there with a clipboard and any interception that Jared Goff throws within the first few weeks, all of that starts happening against the sixth overall pick. Yep. That's going to cause some problems there. That might cause a little shakiness for Jared Goff. So that's the only thing that kind of concerns me a little bit. But overall, this is the most complete team in that division. Go Lions. Boo Grinch. Boo Brinson. That That should be a hat too. Boo Brinson. (laughs) Moving on to the Packers. Yeah. Former, former Kings of the North. Uh, Seven and a half is their win total. I believe they got eight wins last year. Presumably no Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be Jordan Love's team taking over. I was looking at some stats when Rodgers replaced Favre in uh, 2008. Green Bay went from a 13 and three season and an NFC championship game to six and 10 in Rodgers debut season. This had seven and a half. I do think that Jordan Love might surprise some people, but I wouldn't be that shocked either if they go under this win total because I do think the Lions are getting better the Bears are getting better the Vikings are still good even though they win those single possession games um I can see the Packers taking a little step back yeah I got the under on the Packers but I would not I mean I I think I mean I, I think we all think Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets it is very likely it's gonna yeah. happen like 98 98.5 chance <laughs> I wouldn't bet the under on this until Rodgers is gone there Cause that True. would suck. If you bet, if you bet a bunch of money on the under in March on the Packers win total, and Aaron Rodgers comes back and is like angry and does his Aaron Rodgers stuff, um, I'm trying to find it on uh, on uh, Caesars right now. I presume it may have been. I doubt it's been pulled. That would be kind of. I think it has been pulled until just missing the Packers. I think it may have been pulled until the Rodgers stuff is um, is done. That's weird because the oh, no, there's the Packers. Um, yeah, under is minus one thirty. I mean, you know, I just think we don't know what we're getting to Jordan Love. They don't have a ton of weapons. Like, this feels like a little bit of a rebuild. And remember, Aaron Rodgers' first season as a starter, Sully, I think he went 6-10. and 10. Um, yep. you know, six It's and not 10. easy being a quarterback in the NFL and following a Hall of Famer. If you go 6-11, and 7-10, and 
and you look good and you feel like you got promise for the for the future, that's perfectly fine. But even go beyond just when Aaron Rodgers was the, was the you know in his first year, it feels like anytime these Hall of Fame quarterbacks leave the franchise, there's a little bit of a down year. Even if there's some promise with Jordan Love or like Kenny Pickett last year, it's a little bit of a down year. Whether it's Indianapolis, New England's a great example as well. Like those teams, they just there's a little bit of that downward exhale, whatever you want to call it that following season. I think the Packers are kind of ripe for it. And plus, I just don't love their schedule. I think it's one of the more difficult ones in the NFL. But I don't think that they're, you know, the opponent's uh, strength of schedule really reflects that. But, I mean, you're looking at an away schedule that consists of the Rams, Denver, Las Vegas. All those teams should be better. The Giants, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be better. Like, that's not necessarily easy. And then when you look what's happening at Lambeau Field – Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, Saints, Bucks will be a win. But other than that, like there are some tough teams in there, not to mention your division. So I'm going to go under here. I, I think that it might be a little bit of a down year. Jordan Love might show us some things. They might not be in this quarterback hunt next offseason, but I do think it's going to be a little bit of a transition year for them. And uh, worth noting the crossover division for the NFC North. Somebody asked in the chat, I believe it's the AFC West. AFC West, you're right. So that's why you see these numbers are pretty suppressed. There's nobody who's in double digits because they got to play the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. AFC West and NFC South, which you would think is, you know, it should be easy, but still, I think that's a little bit more difficult than you might think for yeah. this team. And, yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo's Raiders. Yep. That's right. Jimmy G's Raiders. Mm. All right. Yeah, God. Ugh. All right. Uh, next up, the Vikings, <laughs> their season win total is at eight and a half. They went 13 and four last season. The Vikings were the most fraudulent team, I think, in the NFL last year. The 13 and four was ridiculous. They had nine plus single score wins. That was 13th, the 13th team to have that done of all time. Only four of the previous 12 teams returned to the playoffs the following season. Everybody knew they were a first round bounce out last year. Now, this is down pretty low to eight and a half from the 13. I could see them still getting about nine wins. So I'll go over, but I still think they're frauds. So. Yeah, I mentioned the Pythagorean theorem and how that relates to, um, you know, when like your, your win expectancy, right? And points scored, et cetera, et cetera. The Vikings went 13 to four. They're, they were expected based on their point differential to be a below 500 team, 8.4 wow. wins. That is outrageous. I mean, they had negative point differential, right? I mean, like it's, it's outrageous how much they outperformed their, their expected performance. Outperformed their expected performance. A lot of performing in there. Yep. Um, yep. Overperformed expectations. Right? Yeah, they just won a ton of one-score games, and that almost always comes back to bite you in the butt. It bit them in the playoffs, uh, and it usually comes back to bite you uh, the following season when you progress sort of towards the mean. Having said that, I mean, I think I'm. I, I mean, I'm taking the over here though because so low. Yeah, it's so low, and they have Kirk Cousins, they have Dalvin Cook, they have. Justin Jefferson. They have decent offensive line that they brought back and you know some some developing guys. The defense is not going to be run by Ed Donatel. So that's good. I don't feel super comfortable with it, but I like Kevin O'Connell as a coach, so I'm going over. Yeah, this one's that might be the, the win total that stinks, stinks the yes. absolute most. It, it's it's horrible. I mean, like you were saying, well, this team last year, 27th in the NFL in DBOA, which is around teams that are picking in the top of the draft. Carolina, you know, Arizona, Chicago, Houston, Indianapolis. Those are the only teams that are below them right now in, in terms of DBOA last year. And somehow this team made the postseason. I, I was one of those one of those people hammering 
the Giants in that playoff game because it just made so much sense. I will lean over just because of a few different factors. One, it's just another year of Kevin O'Connell. They should be a little bit more familiar in the system. And you do have Kirk Cousins playing for his future in the NFL. He is in the final year of his contract. As a con- you know, So this is kind of make or break for him, whether it's in Minnesota or somewhere else. He is going to be heavily motivated this year in a contract year. So that leads me to believe that they, they will go over here, but it's a stay away for me ultimately. Uh, I saw uh, Ian Marquez in the chat ask this question, like, would you bet the Vikings to win the division? It's Here's another one that you look at the number and you're like, what's happening here? The Vikings are three to one to win the division. Three to one to win the division. It feels like I think, I think just blindly they should probably be like the favorite, but everyone loves Detroit. I Maybe... I don't know. The Vegas factor here is freaking me out. Like eight yeah. and a half for this team, and then like you know, three to one to win the it, it, it stinks. It stinks out loud. It makes me not want to take the over. Yeah, I just don't. I just want. I'm excited about. Yeah. Oh, but I, yeah. But the good news is we don't have to bet any of these quite yet. We can wait on some of them. The Bears is probably the most exciting team in the division. I mean, in terms of things that they've done in the offseason, obviously the worst record last year went three and 14, had the number one overall pick, sent it to Carolina for DJ Moore and then a bunch of other free agent additions particular to their defense. And now all of a sudden bookmakers have them going at least five more wins I love it. I think they could get five more wins because some of those games were a little bit close. And we look at the beginning of the season. They they didn't know how to use Justin Fields yet. They've got him some some weapons. So he's not going to be you know running himself into the ground. But I can see them getting five more wins. I like this over for the Bears. Well, I want the under for the Bears uh, again. You, you got to play. The I know I'm Groucherson. Um, yeah, they added DJ Moore. Great ad. They're not going to have that. You know, they're going to have a second round pick for the Panthers. But they you know Chase Claypool. I said at the time, bad trade looking like a bad trade right now. They approved the offensive line. That's great. Uh, it's still not very good. Justin Fields is probably a franchise quarterback. I mean, pe- people are like mad that like, you, like, like, how can you sign Lamar? He can't run forever. It's not like he can do that forever. It's like uh, Justin Fields passed for like 1,900 yards last year. I mean, he, maybe 2,500. Yeah, he, I mean, and look, it's not his fault that the team stinks around him. And I do think that, you know, they're the winners of the offseason. They get these linebackers that fit in the Maddie Ruffles scheme and all that. That's great. Um, they're a better team than they were. But as we said during free agency when we do these recaps, like, they can be a better team without being a really good team. And I don't think they're a good team yet. And if Justin Fields makes a huge step forward as a passer, uh, you know, by working in this Luke Getty system, great. But they tried to do that last year. It didn't work. And so they fashioned this offense that, that catered to his legs. That would be um, – that would be my sort of concern there is that maybe Fields doesn't take a step undervaluing DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a good, like, maybe I undervalue DJ Moore. He's a, he's a good, he's a good, he's a low end number one. High yeah, number I, I, no, I think you properly rate him. I, I think that there is like that. a difference between Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown, and D.J. Moore. I think that those other two receivers are a tier above D.J. Moore. And that's not to take anything away from him. He's, a, I would say, a 1B. I think that that's a – I don't think that that's discrediting him at all. I just don't know if he has the, the level of impact that Brown and Diggs had to their respective quarterbacks with Justin Fields. I don't know if he's able to help him make that leap that Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts did over those two years when they acquired them. I, I'm a little bit weary of that. I think seven and a half is a little bit too big for me. I think that maybe seven is the right number. If that was six and a half, I would probably go over here. 
But I think that this team is still a year away from really me taking them super seriously. Yep. All right. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Shock winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Tyler Sullivan. Today is the NFC win totals over under show. Make sure you join us all week long to keep up to date on all the NFL offseason news. And remember to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. Now we're moving on to the best division, guys. The NFC West. And we were starting with the team that I probably dislike the most, except for the Eagles, the Rams, seven and a half. Now, the Rams went five and 12 last year. I don't think they're going to be that bad again. Obviously, health and stuff got on their way. I do think to a certain extent they sold their souls for that Super Bowl win at home in their own stadium, and it's still coming back to bite them. If you look at their schedule, they don't have a cakewalk. They got the Bengals, the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. I don't see them getting I, – I see them at seven win. I think they do better than they did last year, but I'm not going to give them eight wins. Yeah, um, I think it's this is a it's it's an interesting one because Sean McVay definitely has something to prove here. Like you know that was you know, fluke injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they also you know they, they did have a bunch of injuries, and McVay doesn't have like this little Amazon place he can go like run to now because they like all the broadcast stuff is filled up. There's nowhere really for him to go. It's it's kind of fascinating <laughs> that I, I don't think that he thought that he would have sort of one shot to get that a gig, and then you know they they disappear for a while. Um, I think, you know, it, to me, it all comes down to the offensive line. If they can fix the offensive line, then I trust this team to be, um, to be, to be, to improve and to go over this total. Matthew Stafford, like, I'm the biggest Matthew Stafford honk on planet Earth next to like Kelly Stafford. I mean, like, like, I'm like, she's, she's one, I'm, I'm one B, you know. Um, they, Cam Akers is good now, apparently, because he played well down the stretch. I don't know. Cooper Cup coming back is a huge, huge plus, obviously. And, the offense, I think, will be fine if this Mike LaFleur style Shanahan, you know, McVay, like I think that is a way, sort of a not a cheat code, but a shortcut to improving the offensive line because that style of offense tends to allow maybe not inferior, but you you can you can take a certain style of offensive lineman and put them in that offense and be, have a successful run game um, versus like you know trying to be a power team with with, with smaller guys, etc. And they still have Aaron Donald. No Jalen Ramsey, of course, that's a big deal. The the comments from um 
uh, the uh, uh, me, uh, Kevin Dimoff, uh, is Dimoff, 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 yeah, Kevin Dimoff. Um, it's like we're sort of resetting now, trying to get all these picks back is a little concerning for me, this Sully. Yeah, I go under here. You, 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 I just think that this team has kind of what you were saying, Katie. Kind of sold it, sold to the devil. It's on the downward swing. I feel like the, the checks are coming due now where you do have to kind of pay the piper, and this is going to be another down year for them. I mean, you look at what this division is going to be facing. It's the AFC South, NFC East. That's a doozy right there that you have to play. And if you're the Rams, yeah, okay, like, you know, there might be some soft patches in there. I mean, I guess you're playing New Orleans, so maybe that could be a win there. Green Bay is another one, but still – those aren't like last place teams that you're playing and it's automatic wins that you could write in. I think that this team, as it's currently constructed, is cashed. Kind of what you were saying, Will, the Sean McVay kind of missing his window. I almost feel like it's a little bit of like Tom Brady coming back to retirement. It's like, dude, you should have kind of walked out the door when you had the chance because now it's kind of looking like you're you're kind of reaching for something that isn't there. And I think that's what we're going to get with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to go under here. So, uh, so I think we've got the uh, AFC North and the NFC East as a crossover division. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it's not 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 great. No, not great. No, not not tough. easy. Not easy. All right, now for the best team, the San Francisco 49ers have the highest win total at 11 and a half. They went 13 and four last year, retained most of the team. I mean, I know McGlinchey is gone, but we got Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. Uh, Obviously, the biggest question mark here is quarterback. Is Purdy going to be healthy? And then then there's the battle between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance and Purdy. If Purdy's able to start the season, look, I've seen, I know I'm a homer, all right? And I know that I obviously believe in this team, but I think it is conceivable that the Niners can win 12 games because they won 13 games last year with three different quarterbacks in the mix. So if we have one quarterback that starts for at least most of the season and we've retained a lot of our offense and a lot of the defense, I think that 12 wins is feasible. Um, but yeah, this early in the season, especially without the quarterback question marks, it's hard to say they're going to have another 13 and four season. That was a, <laughs> that was a very uh, polite way of saying, I can't bet this over. <laughs> I can't. Um, well, yeah, I can't. I can't. Bet this. I, how, but how? How can I if I don't know who the quarterback is? You know, if I don't right, know right, what. No, it I'm, is. I'm with you. I mean, I think the under is a, is an obvious look here. Um, you know the. Boo. Like, I, yeah, no, boo, yeah, boo the Grinch man. Um, I'm really. I would, I'm not trying to drag you teens here, Katie. <laughs> they just just happen to be like like. I understand. Okay, it's it's March 30th. The total yeah. is 11 and a half for a team with complete question marks at quarterback whether Trey Lance is like could Trey Lance could be incredible he could also be a guy that isn't ready to run the system and that they struggle to sort of you know uh, implement early on in the early on in the year now when you, you lose McGlinchey as you as you mentioned you still got Kittle there as a, the best run blocking tight end in football and the best you know, one of the most Hell versatile yeah. tight end in football Trey Williams is the best left tackle in football they're going to run the ball really well with McCaffrey Elijah Mitchell um you know you got Debo in the backfield so like they have tons of weapons I trust Kyle Shanahan to get it done you do have you know complete changeover at both the coordinator positions I know people love Steve yeah. Wilkes he ain't Demico I mean you know like he loves the blitz he's not Demico Ryan's I think you can ask questions about like those change, like all of those changes, and like the changes, the lack of continuity at with the coordinators. I know Kyle Shanahan deals with every year, but still, plus yeah. the lack of like knowledge about what the quarterback position is going to be. To me, that's an easy under right now. I mm-hmm. and I would, I would actually, or I would actually guess. 
that this closes at 11 or 10 and a half, maybe. Although that's a kind of a steep drop for a team that's very popular and won last year without a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, obviously a good point about the coordinators too. When there was D'Amico Ryans that was filling in for Robert Sala, he was in the system for a long time. It was the same exact, you know, system basically. But yeah, with uh, Steve Wilkes, it might be a little bit different. So I, I see your point. I will say this though. I know we're talking about the quarterbacks and, and you know, we don't know and that's holding us back from making a pick here. But if there was a team that's quarterback proof, wouldn't it be the San Francisco 49ers? Like if, if there mean, was a team proved, that has all of it, the yeah. uncertainty, exactly right. Like, you know, you had Mr. Irrelevant take you to the NFC championship last year. I feel like uh, Kyle Shanahan could kind of make it work no matter what. I do think that this number is a little bit too big for me to take right now. But I, I, if we get positive news from Brock Purdy, who is the quote unquote leader in the clubhouse, according to John Lynch going into this, if we, you know, when he's healthy, if we get positive updates from him and or Trey Lance, I feel pretty good about this team, not only the win of the, the win this division, but to get to that 12 wins. I'm not betting it now, but I do feel right. like they can get to 12 wins. I mean, it's not, it's not going to go any higher. Oh, for sure not. Like, I mean, like the only time, I mean, even like the Chiefs are yes. never like, 12 wins you know like yeah. it's so if you're if you're taking the over now you're buying it like it's like buying a house in like may 2008 basically yeah without the maybe that's maybe that's a point and like i'm not saying the niners yeah i think uh, the niners definitely win the division i'll go ahead i'm i will i will happily place that bet today but yeah this win total 11 and a half is is pretty high for march all right, moving on to the Cardinals, the lowest win total in the division, just five and a half. They went 14, four and 13 last season. And they honestly, I don't think they look any better than they did. They got a rookie head coach. They got rookie offensive and defensive coordinators, a rookie gen- general manager. DeAndre Hopkins is supposed to be moved. No more J.J. Watt. I'm taking this under. Yeah, I mean, this is just sort of a, I mean, five and a half. Is, five and a half is low. You know, NFL teams... Philly, Philly, Gannon sucks. <laughs> they really wouldn't shut up on Eagles defense like, until the Super Bowl ended. Um, the uh, like five and a half is low. You know, NFL teams can go six and eleven like accidentally all the time. And I think this is one too where I like I, I, I always preach. I think I preached this. I think I said it earlier. Take unders at this point of the of the like. Don't take overs right now. If you're going to take something, right. take an under because there's things that can happen. For instance, like Trey Lance you know, gets hurt for a long period of time in training camp, and all of a sudden the Niners don't have anybody. You have to go, you know, take unders now. But five and a half is low, especially with we don't know exactly what uh, Kyler Murray's like, timeline is going to be. I can't imagine he's back until like October-ish, right, Sully? I, I would, I would take the, I would lean under here. Um, but five and a half is just a, it's a very low number. I, I believe it was week 14 when he suffered that torn yeah. ACL. It was against New England on a Monday night. I think it was week 14, but it was later in the season, whether 14, 15, 16, whatever you want to call it. But I think that this team, I forget who you said, Will, could be could be, be the worst record in the NFL and have the number one overall pick. Yes. This team could also be in that regard as well, because I do think that, you know, as much as Kyler Murray is a talented quarterback whenever he comes back, we have no clue when he's coming back, and we don't know if this thing's going to get weird if all of a sudden he's not jiving with Gannon as his head coach. He could not mesh the same way he didn't mesh with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury at the end, which could throw a wrench into this entire season for this team. So there's way too much turnover. There's a lot of talent leaving, whether it be DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray just not being there because of injury. You're working your way back from a torn ACL. 
I go under here. I know it's a small number, but this team might have the worst record in the NFL when it's all said and done. There's no chance you're talking me to take the over <laughs> the Cardinals. Like, that's just, yeah. No. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks. Their win total, eight and a half. They went nine and eight last year, so we're looking at basically the same as what they did. Geno Smith, of course, finally got paid. I believe I can't remember if it was Brinson or Seller, maybe both of you, that said that maybe we've seen the best that we've seen from Geno, that you can't maybe expect him to have a better year than before, but they are well-coached with uh, with Breach. Pete Carroll. It was Breach? So. Okay, it was Breach. Yep. Um I can see them right at nine wins again. I'm I, I'm laying off of this, but I, I lean over. I don't see them more than nine. I have this as my best bet in this division for the over. And that's not like I think the Seahawks are easily the best team in the division. I just think the, mm-hmm. like, I trust the Seahawks with the way that they're built, plus two first-round picks coming, where yeah, yeah, a lot true. of people are projecting a quarterback. They could end up going, like, two good defensive players. You know, and suddenly that defense, like they crushed the draft last year. Maybe they get an offensive. Like if they crush this draft again, crush you know back to back drafts, then I think you know eight and a half is too low for this team. Given Cardinals, all the questions we talk about with the Cardinals, all the stuff we talk about the Rams, and all the stuff we talk about the Niners. Where if Seattle won went ten and seven, I mean that would I wouldn't be shocked at all. And if they went nine and eight, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I I think the number is just too low, And, and like. I, I have if I if, if you pick in one over under on this whole like division for me the Seahawks over is the easiest one to feel confident the feel the most confident in. Yeah, I think Seattle has the the it's it, obviously not with San Francisco, but right now I think Seattle out of the remaining teams has a great structure, one of the better structures in the foundation. I like their pieces on offense. Like I think Kenneth Walker is going to have a good year. Obviously, you still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I still think that. Gino might not reach the levels that we got last year, but I don't think the floor is going to completely fall out either. I think it'll be more than serviceable as a quarterback for them to kind of manage them through. And and Pete Carroll's still one of the better head coaches in the NFL. Like you said, Will, if all of a sudden they add to like the offensive line and add a piece of the defense within that first round, you're talking about a team that's very stable and stable gets you to eight or nine wins in the NFL. So I'll slightly lean over here. All right, we're all in on Geno Smith for the next year. That is going to be our show today. Thanks for rocking with us. Make sure you join us on Monday at 1 p.m. for more NFL offseason coverage. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. For anyone listening to audio only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, tell your friends to listen and watch the pod, and we'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 